It is the Osmo NFL Strategy Show. We're talking about Fan Up. Terry and I going through the football games this weekend, talking about some of the strategy in the big Fan Up contest. They do have the contest that's still running from the start of the postseason. It's a $400,000 contest, $200,000 in first place. I know some of you guys entered. They also have some other contests that are going on right now. They do have a big contest that is $4,000 to first place. So that's something else to check out. Pretty easy way to get involved with FanUp. You could sign up using the promo code AWESOME. Don't have to make a deposit. Just have to download the app, sign up, make an account. Get $20 in free contest play over there just using that promo code Awesome. So check that out. So Terry, I, I kind of want to walk through just overall strategy for this contest because it's kind of best ball, yearly fantasy, DFS, all tied into one. At this point in the postseason, two games left here for the for the conference finals. How would you be building your lineup just relative to where you're at in the standings? If you're near the top of the standings, maybe towards the bottom in the middle, how would that impact your approach to this weekend? So I think when we're near the top of the standings, we can kind of take that approach where we're just riding with some of the chalkier plays, right? We, we're, it's a site where we can play anybody that we want. So we can roster anyone a quarterback. We don't have to worry about salary. We can roster anyone in the multiplier spot. We don't have to worry about salary. So I think when you're at the top, you don't really need to differentiate. You just want to go with those extremely, extremely likely plays, the most highly optimal plays, the guys that we think in you know eight out of ten versions of these games, these are the guys who are going to be the most highest scoring. When you're trailing, when you need to make up that gap, if you're playing the same people as the people who are ahead of you, you're not going to gain ground. So you've got to differentiate. You've got to make those more long shot plays, those dart throw type plays. So maybe it's getting to differentiated skill players. Maybe it's using a, a kind of random player in the in the flex spot who not a lot of people are going to be considering in the flex spot where you're getting that multiplier. And that's really what's going to vault a lot of lineups uh, if you hit that that one 1.5 X guy correctly. That's the play that will vault you up ahead and give you a chance in that tournament at that point. Well, let me tell you one place I'm probably not looking to differentiate quarterback where we could start by talking there. Cause we've got Patrick Mahomes who absolutely went berserk last week against the Buffalo bills. One of the better postseason games, one of the better football games I can remember in, in recent memory, we saw Patrick Mahomes score 43 fantasy points that game the week before against Pittsburgh. He also went for over 40 fantasy points. Patrick Mahomes, probably the best overall quarterback in the NFL, even in a down year for him this year. We're still looking at the Chiefs as a fairly likely team to win the Super Bowl with the Chiefs having a down year, with Mahomes having a down year, ultimately gets to the playoffs, doesn't really matter. So we talked about potentially differentiating. Terry, on a site where something else we should mention about FanUp, there is no salary cap. We're just playing whoever we want at each position. Could you see yourself getting away from Patrick Mahomes at QB, or is this just somebody we're playing no matter where we're at in contest standings? And differentiate elsewhere. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think you're right about that. I think I do want Pat Mahomes in my lineup, whether it's at the quarterback spot or in the uh, in the flex spot with that multiplier. It just really makes sense to get this guy, and we've got him projected out five points ahead of any of the competing quarterbacks. You mentioned what he did last week and just the ridiculous firepower, and in a game that seems pretty likely to be another kind of high octane shootout. I just want to try and capture that upside. So it, it's a situation where I'm going to have a ton of Pat Mahomes in most contests across the entire industry. And I don't think FanUp would be an exception here. I think it's a, it's a smart play to think about building him into your lineup. And then, you know, maybe you're going to both sides of that game in terms of the, uh, in terms of getting to uh, some skill players from, uh, you know, maybe uh, one of his skill players in the flex spot and then some skill players from the Cincinnati side and build yourself a little game stack in there, I think makes a lot of sense and just chase that 55 point total yeah and i mean it's a two game slate so something else now a lot of these games just naturally are going to be game stacks because 
two games Super Bowl certainly going right. to be game stacks, but you know, for a, for a two game slate, it's going to be hard to avoid game stacks, especially when one of these games, like you said, is a is a Chiefs Bengals game with a total that's about ten points higher than the other game on the slate, which is the Rams Forty ers game. Uh, but just in the kind of interest of of making sure we cover all our bases here. Jimmy Garoppolo, pretty clearly, I think, is not somebody we have to consider. But if you're in a situation where you do want to try to differentiate a quarterback, would you lean towards Burrow or Stafford? For me personally, like I was saying, Mahomes is the guy. But just so we're making sure we're covering everything and maybe somebody's watching the show and trying to figure out how to, how to build lineups on a different site or, or something along those lines. Burrow or Stafford, who do you think looks better this weekend? I think that game total and just kind of the nature of the game and probably playing from behind chasing that Kansas City offense, I think I would probably lean toward Burrow. He's projected slightly behind Stafford. We've got him at 20.15 on our DK projections, 19.76. They're very similar scoring systems. Slight difference in the uh, the yardage uh, uh, points, but it's, not, uh, it's negligible. So going by that, they're projected out fairly evenly. Going by the ownership from the other sites, they're owned fairly evenly. So there's not a lot of differentiation. I think I would just probably rely on the game total, the game that I expect to be a bit more of a shootout. But I don't think you really go wrong if you pick Matt Stafford in that conversation, because think about the extreme passing weapons that he's got to throw to with Cooper Cup, with Odell. I mean, it's it's kind of an embarrassment of riches on both sides in terms of the guys that these guys are both throwing to. So All right, so let's... To Joe Burrow. Yeah, fair enough. I think I think if uh, all else being even, I think it makes sense to go towards uh, Burrow because it's something else to mention there is if we're just talking direct leverage, if most of the field is going to be on Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, you know, if the Bengals end up winning that game, there's a pretty good chance that Joe Burrow would outscore Patrick Mahomes. So that would kind of be a situation where I could see maybe getting to Burrow. But either way, Mahomes is the guy for me. We only have two games to talk about, just making sure we cover all our bases here. One other thing that I just want to mention also when we talk about the flex spot later, where you do get 1.5x the fantasy points for that spot, it can only be a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end. We can't play a quarterback in that spot. Either way, QB, go play Patrick Mahomes. Running back, this is where things get maybe a little bit dicier because we don't have a Patrick Mahomes at the at the quarterback position. We have Cam Akers, we project to be the highest fantasy scorer of the week at the position. Joe Mixon, who's fairly close. Then there's a pretty big drop off getting to guys like a lot, uh, getting to guys like Mitchell, and then the the Chiefs timeshare running back. How do you view Akers for this weekend though? Who was not super efficient last week? Also did fumble the ball a couple of times. Any concerns we could see a dip in workload for him? He also missed the entire regular season or almost the entire regular season with a torn Achilles. Yeah, there's there's definitely those concerns. I think, you know, he's going to be featured in that offense. I think, you know, any concerns about the touches, unless he's going out there and dropping the ball on the ground a couple times again, I, I don't really get too concerned about that. But what I'm looking at is the game script adjusted uh, numbers that we've got for this game. The highest game script adjusted passing percentage is going toward the Rams. We've got them at a 63%, only a 37% game script adjusted rushing. So I just think on the nature of that game, it concerns me a little bit about, you know, the number of touches that he might get. We're on the other side of that game. Eli Mitchell is coming in with a 54.9 or excuse me, with a 45.1 on the game script adjusted rushing percentage, the highest rushing percentage on the board. So I might be leaning more toward that and just trying to look to the team that I think is going to be more naturally putting the ball on the ground and more naturally inclined to run when we've got that quarterback, that receiving court. It just seems a lot more likely that San Francisco is going to be the team that's most likely to run the ball in. So I'm kind of looking in that direction more than I'm looking at, at Akers. 
Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. There is a little, I think we feel more secure about Eli Mitchell's workload than we do about Cam Akers. Do you just view Joe Mixon as the number one guy without much doubt at the running back position? I know we do have Akers projected a little bit higher now, but with that said, I think there's a wide range of outcome with Akers. Mixon, I think, comes with a higher floor and a higher ceiling. We know Mixon is going to be the guy for the Bengals, which we can't necessarily say is going to be the case for, for Akers especially because he had those two fumbles last week. So Joe Mixon, somebody you're definitely looking to play in the running back position then? Absolutely. Yeah, he's a guy I played pretty much all year long. I really like Joe Mixon for fantasy purposes across the board. So I would have a, a boatload of Joe Mixon across the industry and FanUp would be no different here. Also just happens to be going up against the team that allowed the most uh, yards per rushing attempt for the season, 4.7 as compared to 4.4 on the board for uh, the team on the other side with Cincinnati. So if I want to attack the team that's allowing the most rushing yards, I think it makes a ton of sense. And then as for the other running backs, it's it's really hard for me to trust the Chiefs here. I get that it's a two-game slate. It would be different on FanDuel or DraftKings where it's salary-based. But just for this, where there's no salary cap, it's hard for me to trust Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, or any of the Kansas City running backs because it's such a time split and there's so many different guys getting on the field. How you view the Chiefs from a fan-up purpose, do you think any of these guys are worth getting to? It's hard for me to be confident. Yeah, it's difficult. And it's difficult to say, you know, this is the guy that we want to nail down. I think just from a dynamic playmaking perspective, I would lean into McKinnon on that question. But it's so difficult to say that this is going to be your guy when you're only making the one lineup and putting it in. So I don't love uh, either one of those uh, approaches. I think I'm just going to a situation where I know that the guy is going to be getting the touches on one of these other teams. So for me, I'm going to stay away from the, uh, the timeshares as much as possible. Yeah, for me, it's really a decision point between Akers, Mixon, and Mitchell. Mixon being the clear number one of all the guys. If I had to rank them, Akers would be two, uh, Mitchell three, and I'd be looking at it as a very live pivot option off of what's likely going to be a, a chalky Cam Akers there. Is there anybody else kind of towards the off, the off the beaten path, any more really contrarian options that would stand out to you here? I know you look at our projections and it's it's pretty hard to get behind anybody who are after the Kansas City running backs. The next highest projected player who's a backfield player is Kyle Juszczyk, and we have him projected for less than five fantasy points. Samaj P. Ryan, that would be somebody, you know, only in the mix if Joe Mixon was to get hurt. Any other RBs really stand out to you? Not really. I mean, that's kind of what it is. You've got a lot of just mix and match guys who are going to need to have something wacky happen to get on the field. Maybe you do pick off a like a Sony Michelle touchdown or something like that, you know, from inside in close. But I don't think there, we want to try and you know figure out which one of those Rams running backs is going to be uh, garnering more of the touches behind Acres either. So I don't really love getting to that uh, into that plumbing the depths in and uh, running back in these spots. I'd prefer to do that uh, with the pass catchers. All right, so let's start talking about the wide receivers. Now, once again, guys, don't forget, if you're signing up at FanUp, you could use the promo code AWESOMO. You don't have to make a deposit. You just meant, you just enter or you just make a, uh, a profile, use that promo code AWESOMO, $20 in free play. No risk to you. Good way to get started here. And they've got lots of different prop contests, other fun ways to, to look at stuff over on, on FanUp. Now let's look at the wide receiver position, and this is a much more loaded situation. This is, you know, running back, we only have a few guys to choose from. Quarterback, realistically, we're just looking at Mahomes, but a wide receiver, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Odell Beckham Jr. There's legitimate players with upside and a lot to choose from at wide out. So if you could only play one wide receiver this weekend, Terry, outside of Cooper Cup, everybody's going to play Cooper Cup. 
no-brainer play to get Cooper Cup. The only decision point is are we playing a wide receiver or are we going to play him in the 1.5x flex spot? If you had to pick the second favorite wide receiver for yourself on this slate, who are you going with? I think there's an easy answer in Tyree Kill, especially if we're putting Patrick Mahomes in as the future quarterback. It's, it just makes a ton of sense to chase that correlation with his top receiver and also a guy who's projected at uh, 20 for the DK slate, two points ahead of Debo, at, or a point, 1.2, excuse me, uh, ahead of Debo at uh, 18.8 and a handful of points ahead of everybody else. I think it just makes some sense on a slate where we can take anybody we want. Why not take the top two wide receivers off the board in, Cup, in Cooper Cup and Tyree Kill? Yeah, and I don't even know if there is a pushback against Cooper Cup. We haven't projected for six more fantasy points than any other wide receiver on this lead. And you look through his game logs, he just never has bad games. He had 35 fantasy points last week. Sure, first first week of the playoffs in a game that was kind of a blowout, he scored 17 fantasy points. That's the floor for him. 17 fantasy points for Cooper Cup. You're more likely to get over 30 than you are below 20. And if he is below 20, it's not going to be that much below. So for reference, if we consider the floor for Cooper Cup to be 17 fantasy points, you know, that's that's where we have Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, those kind of guys projected just as is. Do you, is there any pushback against Cooper Cup? Any reason to not get to him here? No, I think like you said, it's basically just a matter of whether you play him in the wide receiver spot or that multiplier spot. It really comes down to that. He's just so much more likely to put up a good score and a necessary score on this slate. Regardless of your tournament position or anything, I really don't see a lineup without him. All right, so let's look at some of the other wide receivers now. We mentioned how Tyree Kill, I agree with you. I think that especially playing Mahomes at quarterback, he makes the most sense as a secondary wide receiver. But if you're playing one of the other guys... It's not unrealistic to go to Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, any of those guys being a more contrarian option at wide out. Which one stands out to you as being the most live contrarian option with the most upside? So any one of those Cincinnati guys I think is totally fine to get on. I've been chasing, you know, whichever guy comes up lowest owned. It's typically Tyler Boyd on a lot of slates, but I'm happy to get to Jamar Chase. He's ridiculous. He's so talented. T Higgins, you know, very similar story. They're both going by our DK ownership owned in like the mid to high thirties where you drop down to the low twenties with Tyler Boyd. The other guy that I'm kind of eyeballing in that same low twenties range, just on talent alone is Odell Beckham going to the, you know, it's kind of a, if you, you can play him in the same lineup as Cup. There's also the conversation if you somehow choose not to go to Cup, I think it would be basically mandatory to put Odell Beckham in that in that lineup then. And then you're saving a nice chunk of ownership on that. It's not a play I would make frequently. I, I just like the idea of getting to some Odell. So I think I would play them side by side most often, not necessarily replace Cooper Cup. I, and I think that's a viable approach. I just really like the idea of a low-owned Odell Beckham with his talent, with the idea that they're going to be trying to get the ball to him in the end zone. So those are the next uh, guys up. Basically, it's the Cincinnati receiving core, whichever way you want to go with it. And then it's Odell for me. Yeah, and we could do the Devo Samuel discussion again. You and I did it last week. I did it a couple of times with Neil leading up to last week's slate. Now that we're in a situation, especially on fan up, where we're just no salary cap, we're just comparing the the players as is, it's hard for me to trust Debo Samuel over the likes of Cooper Cup, Tyree Killer, Jamar Chase, because a wide receiver that doesn't get targeted. You're just really relying on these rushing touchdowns for, for Debo Samuel. I love Debo. Everybody watching probably loves Debo. Every time I say bad things about him, people get really upset at me. But he is more than six targets once since since week nine. 
He's just not a player that's heavily involved in the passing game. Then you look at his game last week, people are like, oh, what happened to Debo Samuels? But he just didn't have a rushing touchdown last week. He got 10 carries. He got four targets. This is the volume that Debo Samuel gets. It's not that significant. And it's a really big difference when a lot of his touches come on the ground that he's not getting the PPR bonus. I would feel totally differently about him if he was getting 10 catches and three rushing attempts. But the fact that we're seeing like three catches and 10 rushing attempts instead, he just doesn't get the PPR bonus. So last week, three catches for 44 yards, then 10 carries for 39 yards. He's really relying on one or two rushing touchdowns. I just don't buy into that being something predictive. Where do you stand on Debo Debo Samuel and the likelihood of him hitting his upside? Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Everything you said about the volume concerns is dead on. And it becomes a situation where he almost functions like a tight end, where we need that uh, that touchdown to get there because he's not going to get there on some of these bonuses. He's not going to have the big, huge 100-yard uh, days unless he really breaks a huge play. So you're reliant on the big play. You're reliant on the touchdown when you go to him. I just think there's more likely guys to just rack up some opportunity-based stuff where they're getting more looks and they're just getting to those bonuses. So yeah, he's down the list for me a little bit more. I have him behind the Cincinnati guys behind Odell uh, more in like the 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 range of uh, Brandon Ayuk, Van Jefferson, Byron Pringle. I would put him above those guys based on you know the general upside and the idea that they do tend to get him in the end zone, but it's not that far. He's closer to those guys for me than he is to the uh, to the top end. Yep, I dig it. I think we are on the same page there. So you mentioned that you view Debo Samuel kind of more as a tight end. So let's talk about some of the actual tight ends where there's a pretty big drop off. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, everybody else. Big, 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 big gaps here. Kelsey, pretty clearly the number one, especially we're going to be playing Patrick Mahomes at QB. Can you make a case for George Kittle over Kelsey, though? Because there is upside there if we are looking to be contrarian. But once again, Kittle's not had the passing game upside or the volume, which a lot of that comes from. He has Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. Travis Kelsey is Patrick Holmes' his quarterback. Big difference there. 49ers tend to be a little bit more reliant on rushing the football. How are you handling the tight end position when there's no salary cap? I think if I was looking to make the contrarian play, I agree, Kelsey, top of the board with a bullet, no no doubt about it. I think if I was looking to get contrarian, I might actually lean more toward Higby or Uzoma here just to get a little further afield from the ownership and to lean into the two offenses that I think are going to be slinging the ball around a little bit more. I do think the nature of how San Francisco runs their offense and when they get down near the goal line, what uh, what they're looking to do in the passing game would lead toward Kittle getting those looks in the red zone. But you mentioned the looks are down overall. They're not a really pass-focused offense. Like I said earlier, they're, they're, high, they're our highest game script adjusted rushing percentage, and it's by a wide margin. I mean, the other teams are all in the 30s. They're up at 45. So we're expecting a lot lot of rushing from this team I just kind of want to get to the teams for the passing game where they're going to be throwing the ball more go to the running backs from the game where they're going to be running from the team where they're going to be running the ball more these things just kind of add up well in my brain so if I'm looking at that and then I'm looking at lower ownership in general on Higby or on CJ Zoma I'm kind of more inclined if I'm going different to go to one of those two guys and I think for me it would probably be Higby yeah and then looking at George Kittle these are his last five games box scores four fantasy points four six three ten just hasn't been that much upside there. Without much doubt, Travis Kelsey is the no-brainer play at tight end. If you want to go off the board, it's tight end. It's a position that you know touchdowns can make things a little bit random. Kelsey, the pretty clear top guy. So now let's close it out like this, Terry. Going to look at the flex spot. Cooper Cup, pretty clearly the number one overall flex play. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, so Cooper Cup, who if you look at our projections for... Uh, for running back, wide receiver, tight ends, we have 
26 projected fantasy points for for Cooper Cup. There's no running back projected for more than 17. We've got Travis Kelsey at 16. Then wide receiver, 20 for Tyree Kill, 26 for Cooper Cup. Massive gap there. The chalk play at the flex position, Cooper Cup. So here's how we're going to close the show. You have to play one guy at the flex position, Terry, who can't be Cooper Cup. Who are you going with? Probably Tyreek Hill, especially if it's Patrick Mahomes in my quarterback spot. I do think it maybe makes sense. Also, you can make the argument that if you're going to both Hill and Cup, maybe you use Cup in the standard spot, you use Hill in the multiplier spot because you're getting that correlated uptick with that multiplier. If we want to make it more interesting and take both Cup and Hill off the board, I think Jamar Chase might be my guy. He kind of stands out with that just superstar level ability, the speed, just the looks that they give him. I really like Jamar Chase in that offense. So I might go there. You could also argue for just like the sheer reliability of like a Joe Mixon or somebody who's just going to get a lot of touches and kind of grind grind it down. So one of those guys would probably be my next pick. What about you? What are you looking at there? Yeah, Cooper Cup, the pretty obvious chalk one, Tyree Kill. I would say Travis Kelsey, but the issue with going Travis Kelsey is then you're kind of in a situation where it's like, oh, well, now I'm playing CJ Uzoma over Tyree Kill or something like that, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me. Yeah. That's the issue that I have with playing Tyree Kill or with playing Travis Kelsey at the 1.5x spot. So, yeah, give me Tyree Kill. I think that's one that makes the most sense, particularly if we're already going to be playing Patrick Holmes at QB. That is going to do it for us today, guys. Quick little show here talking about fan up, going over all the strategies. Sign up for the first time using that promo code Awesome. Get 20 free bucks. Good way to start building a bankroll over at fanup.com. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel on the way out. Good luck this weekend.